0: Hey, it's Canzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more, and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast.
1: A production of John Canzano's Baldface Truth.
0: They have put up a mini Bill Walton shrine in the media room. Tomorrow will be Arizona State's last Pac-12 home basketball game in men's basketball. Bill Walton expected to be on the call on the Pac-12 network. Uh, We'll be talking with Doug Tamro, who is the Deputy Athletic Director at Arizona State, coming up in a minute here. I mentioned this yesterday, but I want to talk about this just for a second more. I am uh, really interested in figuring out what Peter King is going to do next. Monday morning quarterback, Peter King, is, has become an installment for a whole bunch of people who follow the NFL, who follow um, all of the inner and outer workings of the NFL, and who just like good reporting. Peter King, announcing this week that he's retiring, says he wants to know what it feels like to be bored um, I, uh, I think everybody kind of looks forward to that until they encounter that. So I, I you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to say this is like a professional athlete trying to retire who can't get away from the game, but kind of think the guy's going to end up writing a book or doing something and ending up back doing something around the NFL and sports. Our next guest is a senior associate athletic director at Arizona state. He's a big Steelers fan. He is a father. He is a husband. He is the uh, the keeper of the records at Arizona State as it pertains to so- sports media. Doug Tamro joining us live via satellite from Tempe. What's it like there today,
1: John? It's seventy five and sunny. You want to come down?
0: <laughs> You're always recruiting. You're always right, recruiting. Seventy
1: five and sunny, but I-, I still got a pullover on because I'm a little cold. There's a wind chill down to sixty
0: five. Does it make you soft when you live in that kind of weather? Do you you know as yeah. a
1: yeah. Yes, it does because because uh, when my friends back home in Pittsburgh see me like wearing this pullover, uh, they make fun of me because uh, I'm not Steeler tough anymore when it comes to the weather.
0: Do you have? To, can you find like a sports bar that is filled with Steelers fans during football season, or how does that go for you? Harold
1: Harold's Corral up in Cave Creek is one of the greatest sports bar, one of the greatest bo- Steeler bars. They probably get about two thousand people in there on Sundays. And it's a wonderful experience to go up there. I watched them lose to the Browns up there this year, and that was a bad scene. And, uh, you know, when they showed our offensive coordinator on the screen, they booed him. So uh, it's it's a wonderful scene. Uh, Harold's Corral up in Cave Creek is the official great Steeler bar in in Phoenix.
0: I want to go down memory lane a little bit and get a little nostalgic, and I think you're the guy to do it with. But I saw a picture on social media of the mini Bill Walton Shrine uh, in the media room. Um, last Pac-12 home men's basketball game, Pac-12 network drew it. Um, have to have to be a mixture of feelings. It, can you just talk about it a little bit from your perspective?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's sad. It's frustrating, too. I mean, and it's not just this game, like the Arizona game being the last game, but, you know, it's the Cougs were in here sa- Saturday, and, you know, they had a good team, and their fans were fired up, and you know, I I think back to when Clay Thompson, you know, came in here and you know, you watched Clay Thompson play in here and, and I remember Clay Thompson didn't start the game in here because he was like late for the team bus. And, you know, you think back to those days of, you know, before these guys were superstars, you saw him take the field. Um, you know, it's it's just it just stinks. I mean, to be honest with you, football season was rough because we had the final Pac twelve Network Roadshow, you know, you have Ashley Adamson. You know all that crew down here for the final time, and you know when you go down memory lane of all these events and you know athletes that you've seen compete, you know they're gone. I mean, I, John, this is a, a, a interesting. Like Eddie House and I, uh, you know, remain close. And, and one day we were talking, and he set the Pac-12 record. He tied Lou Sindor's record, right? 61 points. And he said to me, am I, am I still a record holder? I mean, it's like if there's no Pac-12, am I still a record holder? Yeah. And it's just a shame that those kind of things are going away. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. After 31 years, um, the, the, the friendships, I mean, I see some people from Oregon State and Washington State, you know, on the road. And you gotta you sit there and wonder, will I see them again? I mean, I used to see them on road trips or at, or at the Pac-12 media day. and You know, you just sit there and wonder, I mean, what all has been lost? It's It's tough.
0: You've been doing this since 1993. You're at Notre Dame, Cincinnati. Very shortly, uh, you, you you go to Arizona State. You've seen James Harden there, and Pat Tillman there, and Jake Plummer there, Lou Dort, uh, John Rom. Like, give give me a James Harden story. When I say James Harden, what what pops into your head?
1: Um, you know, James. Here's what's crazy. James, I actually tweeted this the other day, and it got some action because people didn't realize that James Harden was five and zero against Arizona. And the two teams he beat did make the tournament. It weren't like they were terrible teams. One of them made the Sweet 16, but he was 0 and 4 against Washington State because if you remember, James Harden was playing during those days. Tony Bennett was 0 and 4. So I know Tony or Tony Bennett was 4 and 0. I know Tony Bennett won a national title, but he was also 4 and 0 against James Harden in college. Um, so it's kind of weird. I I just remember James coming here, and Scott Parra was his assistant was uh, his high school coach. Um, he came with him. And, you know, those two guys uh, were as tight as could be. And, you know, sometimes there's the old, you hire the guy to get the guy. And in our case with James Harden, one of the neatest things for me was Scott Perra was a coach on our staff who kept James um going the right way and guided him and made him the number three pick. And now he's worth, you know, billion, a billion dollars or whatever he's making and Scott's the head coach at Rice. So, when I see James Harden, I see a guy that was willing to take a chance and come to Arizona State um, at a time when you know no one else really was. It directly helped him become the number three pick in the draft, and then you know because of James Harden, I have one of my best friends in the in the business, and Scott Perra, who's at Rice now. So it, it kind of goes two ways. I remember those kind of memories, and then I got other memories that are personal.
0: I I uh, my thought about Harden was I remember Nate McMillan, his kid Jalen was on that team with with Harden and I asked him how's your how's your kid doing and he's like you need to see this Harden kid like you like he's real and so Nate could see that could you see that James Harden was going to be James Harden at that time or was there still question
1: so here's my thought on James Harden by the way Jamel McMillan was the best post-game interview of any top five post-game interview of any student athlete one time we brought him in for a post-game and after he was done, we were going to bring the coach in. And literally the media said, I'm not sure if we even need the coach. Jamel was good <laughs> enough. So uh, I love that kid. He was fantastic. James, I felt if he went to the right team, then he could do that. Now, I think what people forget about James is rarely are you the third pick of the draft and you come off the bench. And that's what happened with the Thunder uh, when he got picked. Had he gone number two to Memphis Uh, Where the big guy from UConn went, I don't know if James Harden would have been this good. I always thought that he was underrated as a passer. Um, I think he's a very smart player, and I knew that if he would get with the right guys, he could excel. And Kevin uh, Durant and Russell Westbrook are probably the right guys to get with coming out of college.
0: I grew up in the Bay Area, and I watched a high school football game where Pat Tillman, not only recovered an onside kick, he didn't fall on the ball, he just picked it up and he ran 65 yards the other way for the touchdown. Um, it, he was with that hair out the back of his helmet. Yeah. He goes He goes on to play at Arizona State. You were close with him. You were around during that time. What do you remember Pat at Arizona State?
1: Uh, you know what I remember, Pat, is um, he was an incredible example of a guy that could be a great leader but also a follower on our 96 team. He was like the fifth or the sixth best interview. And he kind of just stayed in the background behind Juan Roque and Derek Rogers and Jake Plummer. Then his senior year, you know, we went um, nine and three. We had a really good year. And that's when he was defensive player of the year. And a good story on Pat is his freshman year, he was at study hall. And, you know, when they used to have study hall, when you had to come in and, his academic coach noticed he was kind of slacking off um, in his first, you know, what, the first couple of weeks, and really wasn't doing much, and kind of showing that he was bored. And the he, you know, the academic teacher said, "Pat, you know, I need you to be more focused. I need you to get it." And he said, "Well, I, I don't really need this. Like, he was a four student. Like, he doesn't really need to be and here." And he told the coach, "Like, I don't think I need to be here." And she told him, Pat, I need you to be here and be focused because they need to see you focused. And that was the other guys in the room. And Jill DeMichael told me the story, and she said from that moment on, the rest of the semester, he was one of the best student athletes she could ever ask for in a study hall. He he understood the value of being a role model and taking on leadership when he needed to.
0: Were you surprised post-9-11 NFL Pat Tillman says, you know what, I uh, I need to go do that. Did it surprise you to see him serve his country?
1: No, because um, when Paul Jensen was a PR director at the Cardinals, um, uh, and he called to tell me, and he said, hey, uh, you know, our guy's leaving, he's retiring. And I was like, oh, and I said, where's he going? He said, the Rangers. And I thought, wait, what? Like, what, what do you mean the Rangers? And I, then it was like the Army. I was like, Oh my God. And honestly, John, it just made sense. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't join the service at age 40 and, you know, he did something that just seems unheard of, but I tell you what's amazing is, you know, I've been on the, um, the Pat Tillman working with the Pat Tillman foundation and Pat's run that we do down here. And I was on the selection committee for the scholars one year, the amount of people that joined the military because Pat Tillman joined it, it's a lot. Um, a lot of the people that I meet military people that come and want to see the statue, you know, it's just not student athletes or Arizona state people that were inspired by him 20 years later. um, You know, if, if the starting point is when you pass away, your impact on people, I find it hard to believe as many people that have done more than Pat Tillman. Um, You know, I I get it all the time, man. People email me or they'll, I want to get a picture with the statue, Uh, military people. It's, it's, You know, before he was USA, he was ASU, and we are really proud of that. But it did not. When you look back, it did not surprise me because that's what needed to get done at that time.
0: I think if he had not been killed in action, he would have been a candidate someday to be president. I think he was headed that way.
1: (laughs) We could use him, right? Right. Uh, (laughs) Yes. He's he's kind of what we could we could use. Um, it, it, it's amazing to me that, you know, I feel blessed. Like, you know, when we lose a game or we have a tough season or whatever people, are, oh man, it must be tough at Arizona state. And I, you know, I just kind of, I'm like, look, man, I, I got to know Pat Tillman. I'm good. You know, like we, we'll get through this losing season and all that. And, you know, he's, he was just that special. I mean, that's the thing about it. We're, it's amazing. We're coming up on 20 years of him passing, uh, in April and in January of '04, I got to have dinner with him in Seattle. I was on a basketball trip and, you know, he told me when I'm out of here, I'll do whatever I want for Arizona state. So, you know, all the things we do, the numbers, uh, the statue, you know, some people will always say to me, you know, you think he would really want this? And I'm like, you know, I, it's not that he would want it, but he'd be thankful for it. And he would be really appreciative of the fact that some people are just very, very inspired by his story. Twenty, twenty 20 years later, what's crazy for me is when, uh, you know, you see a young uh, kid on a recruiting visit, and you know they'll they'll tweet or Instagram a photo, and they're right there with a the statue. So that's pretty cool impact to have.
0: Love that, Doug Tamro, our guest, Arizona State senior associate athletic director, uh, Bill Walton. Um, I know he's iffy for the game. Do you have an update? Yeah. Is he what's going to happen with Walton on this Pac-12 game? So we
1: got Matt Muhlbach on standby. Matt of course knows the Tucson play for the Wildcats and um Matt's one of my favorite uh uh analysts. He's he's so awesome. I mean, just a great guy. And uh Matt's probably gonna be have to fill in if Bill can't make it. Bill's got a stomach flu. Uh would love to have Bill because he just loves talking about not only ASU athletics or Arizona athletics, but He'll talk about everything, man. He just he, he dives <laughs> into everything. Um, I, the old days when Bill could get around a little better and we used to go on campus with a golf cart, those were some of the, the best days, man. you just drive around with Bill and he'd be asking you questions about stuff you had no idea. And, you know, you'd take a notebook and then when, when you go back to the office, he'd call the, off the uh, School of Sustainability and say, how many solar panels do we have? Because Bill asked. I finally got smart and had somebody else with more knowledge of the campus do the tour. And one of the years it was Chris Pendleton, the, uh, who's now at Oregon State, is the wrestling coach. Yeah, Chris took Bill on a tour of the campus, and obviously he knows more than I do because he's a coach and he's got to recruit. And Chris just had the time of his life. He showed Bill Walton around campus. So that that's my favorite tour guy, Chris Pendleton at Oregon State
0: this basketball season has been wild and arizona's lost to washington state a couple of times you guys beat washington state i thought you know Bobby Hurley was as happy as he could be after that win the other night um what do you expect in the conference tournament
1: you know well I expect a lot of arizona fans and you know that's that's i tell you what john it, it that's one of the things that's going away that's just going to be so sad that if the if there's something that the Pac-12 did right and you know they've done a lot of things right but like talk about a home run that Pac-12 tournament in Vegas to think that's going to go away after this year that's a real bummer right and I just think now this you know you think Arizona's still standing but I do I do follow college basketball pretty well I've always been enamored with the bubble, and I don't really care who's a one, two, or three seed. I've I just always been enamored with, you know, who gets in and why. I think somebody's going to play themselves in. I, I know it's a two-team league right now, um, for sure, with Washington State and Arizona, with Colorado, Utah, you know, or Oregon's lurking. Um, one of those teams is going to win three games, I think, and, and, and maybe play themselves into the tournament. Um, you know, Colorado's Got to go to Oregon, Oregon State next week. Utah's in the mix. I just think somebody's going to step up, and I don't know if they're going to win it, but I think somebody's going to earn themselves a bit.
0: Somebody asked me today what Bobby Hurley's like, and I and I pointed to a conversation I had with him several years ago in Vegas, Pac-12 tournament. It was Lou Dort had shot a three. It missed. I think Oregon beat you guys at the end. I packed up. I'm leaving the arena. Bobby Hurley must have gone and does, done his postgame. I'm walking across the street and I find him walking next to me and he's kind of muttering and talking about the game. And I had a great conversation with him and I, and I, I wish people could have seen that side of him. You've seen him and you know him. What's Bobby Hurley like?
1: Uh, first of all, he's a, he's a fantastic dad and husband. He's raised three kids that are just absolutely wonderful and have really, you know, I've watched them grow up. Um, he he's 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 super at that. He is very laid back. I know people get fired, you know, they he's easy to, to root against. That. Bobby likes that and he gets that. But he's just a, a very uh easy going guy off the court. I mean he really is. When he has a question about something or he doesn't like the way maybe somebody said something, he'll ask me, I'll tell him and he usually just rolls with it. Um he's been a delight to be around, really. I mean, you know, sometimes he gets Sometimes people take shots. say re- we don't get good shots. Well, you know, we also make a lot of you know tough shots. So, you know, it's 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 how he gets players to play. They always play hard. Um, you know, he I've about seven years ago he paid for my my hotel bar tab and we won the next game. So I haven't had to pay for a drink since. Uh, <laughs> uh, poor guy. <laughs> he's he's, uh, he's wonderful at things like that. Um, you know, it, it's pretty cool, Joe, when you're sitting there with with your buddies and you get up at 11 o'clock after a game and uh, you know, the, 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 you ask to tell the guy you're closing the tab and randomly, they say, Bobby Hurley picked it up. You know what I mean? I mean, it's little yeah. things like that that are pretty cool, but he is, I'll tell you what, it's, it's been a joy to watch him and his family. Um He's really taken to his family. That, uh Now he I mean, has, he walked his daughter down the aisle this summer. I think that really meant something to him. And now his son, young Bobby is uh senior day. Tomorrow, and you know that means a lot to him. But if some, he's the greatest assist player of all time in college basketball. He he went eighteen and two in the NCAA tournament. He overcame a horrific car crash. You know, some would say that he shouldn't even be living, but I'd say right now, if you ask me about Bobby Hurley, I'd say he's just a wonderful father and husband. And in that regard, we could all learn something from him.
0: Could Arizona State be that team you're talking about? And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point something out. You know, uh, Andrew Martin, who has been there most of the season watching yeah. you guys, said the other night it was um, Arizona State's night. Couldn't miss. Um, played great defense against Washington State. You got Adam Miller, Frankie Collins running around there smooth as ice and glass. And you got Jose Perez looking like the Kool-Aid man who's uh, ready to run through a wall. Um, give, give us an idea. Could Arizona state be that team?
1: It's hard to win four games in four days, but you know, Wayne Tinkle did it right. I mean, there's always that hope because of what Wayne's crew did that year. Um, you know, I, I do think it's about matchups for anybody. I mean, you know, we, we happen to be Washington state, you know, maybe that was a good matchup because they were tired and we played them at home. I don't know. Um, you know, we would have to stay out of foul trouble, um, but winning four games in four days is probably the hardest part. Um, I think anybody has a better chance to win this if they don't play Arizona. And and what I mean by that is, you know, if somebody knocks off Arizona in the semifinal, mm. your championship is easier, right? I mean, I, I don't care who else there is. I don't care if you're playing Oregon, Arizona State, or whatever. If if someone beats Arizona for you, the pass gets easier. So, you know, you just it would take those kinds of things.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, that could happen. I mean, I've, you saw yeah. Stanford, Stanford beat him, Washington State beat him twice. Um, you know, right. right night, right team. All right. Tamro, thank you for joining us and waxing nostalgic a little bit. I will see you in Vegas. I will see you, uh, potentially at the, uh, baseball tournament in Arizona later in the spring as well. I appreciate you, my friend.
1: We got to shut it down in May. Pac 12 Network, Pac 12 Tournament. You got to be down here. I'm I'm holding you to it, John.
0: (laughs) All right. We'll close it down. Doug Tamro, Arizona State. Thank you, my friend. Leave it here. Our big splash coming up. We interrupt this broadcast
1: with a special announcement from the Baltic.
0: Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but.